It's funny because the thing also with money is you get distracted because you start thinking you're an investor and I've wasted so much time trying to be an investor. I'm terrible at it. It's not a good thing because I don't have the time to really study businesses and follow every move and all. I don't have time. So you realize a lot of the decisions you're making aren't good decisions. So what you have to be careful with is not getting into this crazy world of thinking that because you've made some money now you can go and be a big shot, right? That's not really the best move. Best move is to enjoy your life and grow and use the money to open doors and go places and see things that you might not have been able to before. Well, welcome to the show, David Perry. How are we doing, man? Great. Thanks so much for uh, for asking me to, to join you today. Looking forward to this. Absolutely. I mean, I'm, all, I'm always intrigued by the entrepreneurial journey, knowing that there's so many different, you know, paths to pursue, right? And it's obviously full of peaks and valleys. You've had some pretty high peaks uh, with the, you know, sale of your first business uh, to Atari for 50 million, the next to Sony for 400 million. I know a lot of those price tags get people excited, right? So uh, not too many people breathe that type of rare air in business. And I know there's some great stories and and wisdom you can share from that perspective. But before we dig in on some of that and what you're up to today, where did this entrepreneurial journey start for you, David? I'm actually originally from Northern Ireland. And um, what you can't tell when when you're talking to someone um, through, uh, you know, online platforms like Zoom is I'm six foot eight inches tall. Everyone thought like you should be a basketball player. Like you'd be wasting your life if you're not a basketball player. But um, for me, I, I got interested in making video games. And I have to say, Ireland isn't quite the hub, or at least wasn't back then. It wasn't the hub for video games. And so I needed to move to England. So I left high school, literally in the middle of high school, I left and moved to England to start making games professionally. And um, and England was great. Uh, I, I My big sort of breakthrough discovery was that branding is a good idea. So if you if I make a video game and I call it Jumpy Boy, then I have to convince you to 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 go and play this thing. So I have I have a big marketing problem. If I do the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, um it goes straight to number 1 and uh and everyone wants to work with you. So I realized that really early in my career and and I've so I've done a bunch of of licensed games as well as original games. So we did things like Earthworm Jim which actually went the other direction. It turned into a TV show, a toy line. Marvel did the comic books. But um but probably the one of the biggest ones was The Matrix. Um I got to do The Matrix with Warner Brothers and um and, and Atari literally bought the company just just cuz they wanted to publish that game. And and it was the coolest business card I've ever had. So whenever <laughs> I go like through customs or something, and they'd be like, "What do you do?" Oh, I'm at Atari. It was it, they they got to tell you their Atari story. Um, and and the last uh, what happened after that was after the Matrix, I got very interested in building technology. So we started to think about what's the future of the video game industry. Is the future of the game industry always us buying consoles? And so being limited for the next five or or six years uh, with hardware that's aging, um, that wasn't that powerful in the first place because it has to be limited by price. And we're going to buy these discs and plug them in. Um, Is that really a thing Um, in another 20 years from now? And so the thought was that if everything is streaming, then video games have to stream too. And what that's going to enable 
is someday you'll be able to play every game everywhere you'll go instantaneously. Um, like the, the entire history of games should be at your fingertips. A bit like it's becoming with music and movies and, yeah. and, and everything else. Everything changes when you think that way. In the old days, you would make a movie and you would fight to get it onto the shelves at Blockbuster. And then they would be fighting to get it off the shelves so they can get the new stuff in. Um, that's all changed now because the shelves are infinitely long and last forever. And so why not think about the game industry from that perspective? So we built the tech. Um, Samsung decided to actually use the tech for their televisions. LG wanted to use the tech for their televisions. And so Sony bought our company, to, you know, because they didn't really want those guys in the in the game industry. So um, that was an amazing um, time. But but since then, um, I got into uh, lots of hobbies. I, I, I've got a bit of a trick in business, which is um, the more you can learn about different things, the more rapport that will give you with people that you meet along the way. Mm -hmm. So imagine the only thing I do in the world is golf. Like I just can't, I'm obsessed with it. That's great if you're going to meet someone else who plays golf. But if you meet someone who plays anything else like water skiing or, you know, whatever else they do, then you're not going to be able to handle that. You're not going to have that immediate rapport with them. But if you have water skied or you have um, learned to fly planes or whatever it is, you can you can have that rapport with those people. For me, that's been a really fun dynamic in my life for sure is, is every chance I get to learn how to do something new. I'm trying, I do it not to become an expert at it, not to become obsessed by it, but to be able to survive. So an example is um, on a podcast, I don't have a podcast, but I'm fascinated by it. And I want to be able to have a conversation with someone about it. So I have my Shure SMB microphone. I have my Rode, uh, my Rodecaster Pro and my Cloud Lifter. And, and I understand it. So yeah. I played with it all. Um, and, I'm, and, I, and I learn it because I'm interested in it. Um, and I'm the guy that when I get off stage at an event, I'm, I'm talking to the audio guys about which microphones they're using because yeah. <laughs> I think it's interesting. Right. But the, the point is, if you if you do that across everything, you find um, it opens so many doors for you. Like if you can sit down with a magician and show them a trick that impresses them, um, then you have immediate rapport with the guy. Right. Yeah. It's a whole different relationship. Um, and so. Um, that's something that, that's been very helpful for me in my career. But e-commerce is um, is something I was sort of, you know, I've never really been uh, connected to, never really been that interested in. Honestly, the game industry was just fine for me. But what I did was I started to build my own um, workshop. And I have woodworking and metalworking and 3D printing and all kinds of different machines um, in there. And one of the things that I, I realized was photography was becoming something that that is one of the best gifts you can give to people is to actually, um, you know, literally give them a picture of themselves that they think is great. Yeah, right. Um, and, and, and there's a trick to it, by the way. Everything that you ever want to know, someone else in the world is willing to teach you. So how do you take a good headshot of someone? Go take... Um, Peter Hurley's class. He's a photographer in New York. He's he's commonly the the best headshot photographer in the world. He gets constant awards. Um, but he he does, the, and this is for people to use in their social media and things like that. But what he does, he's got a trick, which is he makes you laugh, and then a moment after you laugh, when you're because what happens is when someone laughs, their whole face lights up, 
And um, and so what what he does is uh, he'll give just a moment for the for the the big sort of the teethy smile to go away. Yeah. Eyes and everything are still lit up, and he takes a picture of you, and and that those pictures in, invariably are some of the best that you've had taken of yourself. And so um, I started to go down that path, and then I realized no one cares about my pictures, right? So if I'm taking whatever, no one cares. Um, but but when I started to take pictures of influencers, then I would get inundated with I want to marry this person, and do you, can you get this person to contact me or whatever? Uh, it, it, it's madness, and so. Um, I went to see Ed Sheeran in concert at the Rose Bowl in Los Angeles, and the audience was like 60,000 people. And the, the, when you look at 60,000 people, they're like ants. And um, and here I am in my studio. My daughter has some influencer friends. Together, they have 15 million followers. And I'm like, hmm, you know, if, if 60,000 look like ants and they talk to 15 million every day, I need to look into this more. <laughs> this is yeah. really interesting. So I, I said to them, what's it like being an influencer? And when you talk to influencers, you'll get this, this very common response, which is, it's cool, but I, I never get to work with the brands I want to work with. I always get these people coming to me, tell everyone my candles are the best candles in the world. I don't want your candles. I don't use candles. I'm not interested. Yep. But their mom, who's usually their manager, is like, you have to tell everyone about the candles. They're willing to pay us. And that's their life. And that's not that fun. Let's take a quick break and hear from today's show sponsor. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach can be a slow and brutal process. And in many scenarios, it's just wasting the time of both the buyer and the seller, especially when business owners who are trying to find qualified buyers are using inaccurate and outdated data. But it doesn't have to be this way. With LinkedIn Sales Navigator, your organization can overcome these challenges by leveraging this amazing technology and platform that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights and sales. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to much better outcomes like building a bigger pipeline with real customers leading to higher win rates and conversions and of course larger deals and paydays all around we call this deep sales and linkedin has built the first deep sales platform with the next generation of linkedin sales navigator right now our millionaire mindcast family has an amazing opportunity to try linkedin sales navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com forward slash mindcast that's linkedin.com forward slash mindcast for a 60-day free trial let linkedin sales navigator help you sell like a superstar today just go to linkedin.com forward slash mindcast and get started And there's a lot of agencies as well that I think are, are, are somewhat misguided. So the agencies, there was a girl I met, um, a friend of my daughter, who she's making about 20000 a month. Um, and she was, she would go to a, a conference and they would fill her, her room, her hotel room with makeup on every surface, the entire bed, the shelves, everything's covered in makeup because the agencies are being paid to dump all that stuff in your room. And, and she would film it. And then throw it all in the trash because she doesn't actually wear makeup. Um, and, and so that, I mean, you just kind of go, what, what is that? I mean, if you've paid the agency, you, you think because you've paid them, that's going to somehow make you a winner in the space. But that's not really the best way to engage. What the influencers are looking for is, is you know, the, 
there's, in fact, I, I had a great example with her is that the other girls were talking to her and they said, I love your backpack. And she started to go, oh, I love this backpack. I take it everywhere. It's my favorite one of all. And I, I thought to myself, wouldn't you love to be that backpack company? Like, yeah, right. How could we help sort of put those people together? And so this is what, why you can imagine, I can't stop thinking about e-commerce. I see potential here. Um, and what we ended up doing, which is something a little different, we did experiment with that concept and, and we we did actually get that working, which is helping brands and influencers um, discover each other in a kind of a clever uh, way. And that worked out. We got tons of brands coming to us. But what we realized is there's something even bigger that's kind of missing. Um, and I, I think it's when you step one, one of the tricks when you're looking at an industry, you sort of step back and go, what is the problem that everyone's having? Like, don't niche it down and say, I'm going to I'm gonna do this little thing. You say, what what is every brand on planet Earth wake up to every single day as a problem? Mm-hmm. And every single one wants more sales. You will not find any brand in the world that's like, please, no more sales. Right. The second thing they're going to ask is, can I have more awareness? And those two jostle. And, and the awareness is... Um, they they think they have to work with influencers or they have to run more ads or they have to do whatever, but they have to cause more interest in their products. And 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 what they're trying to solve here really is is they're somehow trying to make the process more efficient of getting their products in front of buyers. And so when you look at at retail and compare that to e-commerce, um, retail is is uh, if I made a product like a protein bar, I would want to get that product um, into as many stores as possible. So if I get into Whole Foods, that's a great, great match. Those people might like my protein bar. This is great. Um, now that you get into Walmart, you get it into Best Buy. Not, let's say um, not, not Best Buy. That would be a bad fit. It'd be someone like maybe a Target or a Costco or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and your whole team would be so excited if you pulled that off. That would be so great. Um, so who's doing that for you online? Who's taking your products and pushing them to as many partner stores as possible? Um, so that you can get all of that traffic for free. You're not having to buy every click from Google. Because yep. today, um, if you think about all of the e-commerce platforms, what they are, they're like island making kits. So if Shopify will help you make a little island. You can have beautiful products in there, a beautiful store, and zero traffic. Yeah, It's actually possible to have no traffic. And, and then now you have to go out there and convince people to come visit your island and keep coming back over and over and over. And that's very right. expensive and very hard. So if you can partner by pushing your products into other people's traffic and bring their products into your traffic, um, um, you wouldn't believe how many opportunities there are for that. So we'll find makeup companies, they don't sell brushes. And we're like, why don't you sell brushes? We don't make brushes. That's not a good reason. They're going to go to Amazon to buy their brushes. You've got to sell brushes too. And 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 who who can you partner with to do that? And our technology helps put the two together. And so the way it actually works is, um, let's say one company is a, a bicycle company and one is a helmet company. The bicycle company sells the helmet. Um, they didn't have to pay any money up front. They just have the helmets, all of the helmets in all the colors and sizes in their store because it's digital. Yeah. Um, somebody clicks buy, they keep the retailer cut and and the um, the money for the helmet company is transmitted directly into the helmet company's order queue and they ship it out. So what's actually happened here is not only are, are we helping people work together 
But we've also made that whole system more efficient. Instead of trying to guess what colors and sizes of helmets you should buy, which is today's paradigm, and then taking those helmets and putting those helmets, you know, into your into your warehouse somewhere, and then having a clearance sale, <clears throat> paying restocking fees to send it all back. Um, this this paradigm just changes um, that model. So you can, as you can imagine, we're having some fun with this. I love it. I love it. So I want to unpack. What you guys are doing at Caro? Is it Caro or Caro? Um, Caro. Caro. So I want to unpack that a little bit more. Before we do, I want to kind of back up a little bit to your your success and your your journey in the video game space. Having those large of exits and having that much success in that particular space, why not stay in that space? As an entrepreneur, as a business owner, right? What what led you and what process did you go through to say, hey, I've struck gold twice here. And obviously, it's something that you're phenomenally exceptional at. Why go into a new space? And how did you go through kind of that process of decision making to pursue something different outside of an area that you'd already had a really successful track record in? Well, in a way, um, what actually occurred is is this idea of making games stream um, was less about the games and more about the internet and data data paths and servers and all that stuff. And so I found myself, um, I had uh, two co-founders that worked with me. Um, they were based over in Amsterdam and they literally sent me the spec of a, a server to build. And I built this server on my dining room table, drove to LA and put it into a, a rack. I'd never even been in a data center before. Um, and I literally went and called, I went into Wikipedia and I said, who are the biggest internet companies? And I called each of them. Um, and of course, some of them don't return your call, but some do. And there was one company that called Savis that I contacted who had a major um, uh sort of network. And I asked them, could they send me a map of, and this is how weird though, this is why you have to sort of pick up the phone and actually do this stuff or, yeah. or, or nothing happens. But if you, you get on the phone with some guy, I don't know what I'm talking about. I've never done a transit deal. What do I know? Right. I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm thinking I've got to solve this, this problem. Data centers are expensive. What am I going to do? How am I going to do this? So I called them up. They said, um, uh, I said, can you give me a map of the U.S. with all of your data centers? And what I want to see is how fast the connections are. Because for us to do what we want to do, we can only do it within a certain radius of each data center because the connections have to be super fast. And the, the, the sales guy said to me, dude, if that existed, that would be the best thing ever. I I could sell so much more service if I had that map. And, and I go, well, we could build that map for you. Like that's... That's something we need because it's not going to be circles. It's going to be these weird shapes around each of the data center. So, so why don't we work with you on that? And I suddenly found myself in St. Louis um, in their, uh, sitting with their CEO talking about how we could work together to do this. And, and, uh, and he said, you can use all of our data centers for free. And, and that fundamentally is a complete game changer when yeah. you start up trying to get access to data centers. Um, and so that, that, that ended up being unbelievable. So if, for, if I have an investor that wants to look at our tech, I would send a server to New York and have it in the data center in New York, and he would get a great experience and go, this is incredible. Um, and that, that's what got our, our company started. But, um, ultimately I think 
um, what it proved to me is that it doesn't really matter what, because I, I didn't understand this. And now I'm, and I've actually sold a company which is considered sort of at the time, absolute state of the art for transit speeds and everything else uh, mm-hmm. on the net. And, and it's, it's, it's all about finding great people. Mm-hmm. Like we just had such a, a great collection of people. And as you bring those people and they know people and you end up sort of forming this, um, this amazing team of people that are, are, are bleeding edge. And, and there's, there were some tricks as well. So we had to be state of the art in compression in video compression and again, game industry, we're not experts in, in, in absolute, you know, what's the fastest way to transit compressed data through the internet? That's not our, our sort of core skill. But as you can imagine, there's always a human being somewhere on planet Earth that is. And so how do you find that person? And one of the ways we did it um, was, and this is a cool trick, is you, you go find open source libraries for the thing that you want. Like, let's say it's uh, H.264 compression, which is a certain kind of video compression. There's someone out there who is the guy that's doing the most submits and the most work or leading a project in that specific technology. Just reach out to that person and see if there's a possible way to work together. And how, did you, how do you find those people? You'll find them online. If you go to, uh, there, there's um, there's always an open source library, um, usually places like GitHub now are like central um, to this, but you find someone or some group of people that are hammering away on on, on the technology that you could use. Yeah. And, and what we're saying is we need to, that what you've done is really good, but we actually need to take it to a new place that it's never been before. That's actually a great conversation for them. They're like, this is a really interesting conversation. And uh, and that's how you get superstars on your team, people, and they can be anywhere on planet Earth. Like you might find the guys in Australia. That's perfectly yep. okay. I love it though. That's the beauty of uh, technology, right? Is it really does make the world a lot smaller and obviously a lot more scalable. So as you had the exit in your company, obviously coming into you know some great financial wins, how did that change your life? Let's take a quick break and hear from today's show sponsor. Our sponsor today is Uplift Desk, creators of the best office furniture designed to help you work better and live healthier. You can visit upliftdesk.com and use the code MINDCAST for 5% off your order. And if you sit all day long while you're at work and you've never tried a desk that can transition between sitting and standing, you got to. It'll be a complete game changer. My standing desk is by Uplift Desk. It's what I use every day to record the show, prepare the show, do all my office work. And I got to say the transition from sitting all day to standing while I work at various times throughout the day has really made a noticeable difference for me. When I'm standing, I notice I'm way more focused and productive. I'm way more alert. And I even have a little standing treadmill under my desk now, which allows me to get some extra steps in while still plugging away on calls and getting work done. Keeps the blood flowing throughout the day, which obviously can reduce all types of different health risks and repetitive strain. And I've noticed that my posture has drastically improved since switching to an uplift desk as well because I'm not hunched over the computer all day. And while there's a lot of options out there for you to choose from, the reason I chose uplift desk is because of the quality. It doesn't wobble, it's completely stable, it's built to last. You can definitely tell based on the materials they use and they are customizable too, which is really cool. 
They let you build your custom dream desk by choosing over a hundred desktop choices and hundreds of accessories that you can build into the desk for your own perfect workspace. And you can do that by using the really fun to use desk configurator. And once you have your desk all designed and picked out, you order it, they ship it the same day, you get free shipping, they do free returns with free return shipping if something goes wrong. And the best part is they have an industry leading 15 year warranty that covers the complete desk, which was a really big deal for me. It shows that they stand behind their product for at least 15 years. So to get yours, go to upliftdesk.com and use the code MINDCAST for 5% off your order. That's U-P-L-I-F-T desk.com to get 5% off your entire order with the promo code MINDCAST. Ooh, great question. Um, it, if anything, it, it reinforced my desire to learn more. So I have this theory that there's there's someone in the world willing to teach you anything, even if they don't know it yet. Mm -hmm. uh, and that means you may have to pay money to charity, to their charity. Uh, um, is there a way you can get in the room with them? And how? what, what do you have to do to get that done? Um, I, I mean, I'll give you a ridiculous example is there's a, um, I, I wanted to learn how, uh, I, I realized that everything I make in my life is digital. Um, and I have a daughter now and I thought someday when I'm gone, what is she going to have that I've I've created and she's not going to look at my spreadsheets and say, what a great spreadsheet he made. Yeah. Um, you know, that PowerPoint. Wow. <laughs> you know, she's a, it's just all trash. And so I'm like, this is not good. So I need to learn something physical. So I started to learn woodworking. And when you go down the rabbit hole, you start going, well, what kind of furniture would I like to make? And you're thinking, well, probably chairs and things like that. Okay. Who makes who on a scale of a one to a 10, what's an 11 in, in furniture. And usually it's some kind of organic furniture or something that's very hard to make. And, uh, and then you go, well, who teaches how to make that? Well, there's a guy in Ohio that will teach you. So I'm on a plane to Ohio, you know, I've got a truck and I'm driving out to his workshop so I can learn how to do it. And, and that's the point is if you, if you go through the effort, you end up someone who's a Jedi, who, who's done something for 30 years, is willing to teach you that, all the stuff, the, the most important lessons in like five days. And, and it's like, you know, in the Matrix, um, there's a moment where Neo is like, I need to learn to fly a Bell helicopter. And then he shudders. And now he knows how to fly a Bell helicopter. That's, that's what I would love. I would love that in the real world, um, to be able to learn some subject like as fast as possible and this seems to be the way to do it is to find somebody who's really really talented you may have to fly somewhere or go wherever um but if you can absorb that information from them it it what i've found now is i literally as i walk around if i'm going through a hotel or something i literally notice the furniture and i i have never done that before right then in a way you're kind of oblivious because You've never seen how that's, you know, this is great walnut wood or this is, you know, some bridal joint on a chair or something. I didn't know any of that before, but just by being interested in it, now you have a great um, appreciation and respect for it. And that goes in, 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 in every dimension. So you're sitting in a room right now surrounded. There's some drinks behind you. Some guy lovingly crafted the drink, the bottle, the box, everything, right? There's yep, something yep. cares about everything. And it's nice to actually um, start to really um, sort of understand and appreciate 
um, all of that stuff. And and so that to me, it's just very helpful in business um, when you can when you can do that. And that's how kind of the the money changed for you was your ability to go and pursue those things and those learnings faster. Yeah, and to have a to and to build my own. Um, I, I I would call it a man cave, but it's actually more of a workshop. So, um, I, you know what I was inspired by was the MythBusters. You remember the MythBusters? Oh, yeah. You have this place with all the walls of uh-huh. boxes with everything. So he, they can have an idea. And for whatever the idea is, everything they need to assemble the idea is in the space. Um, that's basically what I've ended up building. So would you, for your own experience, say that money didn't necessarily change who you were? It just changed how you utilize the tool in your world to accelerate and expand your passions, your hobbies, your mission faster and further. Definitely. Um, Yeah. And you, it's funny because the thing also with money is you get distracted because you start thinking you're an investor and I've wasted so much time trying to be an investor. I'm terrible at it. It's not a good thing because I don't have the the time to really study businesses and follow every move and all. I don't have time. So you 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 know you realize a lot of the decisions you're making aren't good decisions. Um, so what you have to be careful with is not getting into this crazy world of thinking that um, because you've made some money now you can go and and be a big shot. Right? That's not it's not really the best move. Um, best move is to um, I don't know, enjoy your life and grow um, and use the money to to open doors and go places and see things that you might not have been able to before. Over time, how how have you kind of protected your money or grown your money, knowing that you kind of feel you're not an investor, you're not that type of person, you're more of a creator, you're, you know, out you know, in in the field, essentially, you know, being the the horse that people are betting on, it sounds like, how have you, where have you elevated your skills, built out your money, you know, kind of advisors or team to obviously protect all the great stuff that you've created and, you know, collected along the way? Yeah, for me, it's, um, I'm, I'm a bit more, uh, Elon Muskie from that perspective, which is you just, you're, you're going after the next thing. It's not, it's not about the past. It's about the future. Mm. So I actually um, had an exit before the fifties. So my first exit ever was 10 million. Then it was, it was 48 is almost 50, then 380, which is, uh, was the third one. And, um, and so as the, if you were to plot a graph of that, I'm not happy about that at all. I want what, what comes next. Right. And And after that, what comes after that? So for me, the growth of it and and the understanding is more important than sort of sitting back. Um, and, and that's why I'm still working still up to midnight every night. Um, you know, because this- you're truly passionate about what you're doing and what you're building. So it's not necessarily with an exit in mind. It's more so about impact for you or it's, it's materializing a, a thought, a belief, a mission. Yeah. It's proving that it wasn't a bad idea. Um, it was, uh, there's an opportunity here and we think we found something good. Is it, is it good or isn't it good? And when it gets validated by, by third parties that you have no connection with, it feels really good. And, and at some point, um, an exit just will occur if you keep going that direction. And so that's been for me, um, a really fun part of this, this journey is constantly, thinking about that. I have all kinds of little tests I do. An example, I call it the restaurant test is 
um, if you have an idea, let's say you have an idea for a company right now, um, ask you, imagine you're sitting in a restaurant right now and look around the room and say, how many of these people are going to interact with that concept in the next, you know, day or two? Um, and so let, let's try VR headsets, right? How many people in the restaurant, there's 100 people, how many are going to put on VR headsets tonight? And you go, hmm, not lots, right? And that that can give you just a gut level, hmm, that doesn't sound so great with Netflix. How many will probably run Netflix or buy something on Amazon or do something else? You can start to go, hmm, quite a lot. And, and it, it's a great, it's a very, it's very simplistic, but it's sometimes it's like a really good way to just get clear in your head. Is this a good idea? And then once you have an idea that you think is actually a good idea, then you say to yourself, how would I beat it? And, um, and so you go, well, you know, um, well, actually I can think of how to beat that. And you keep having that thought until you can't beat it. And, and if you start, what's kind of fun about this. So that, so the definition of that was, you know, Hey, would it be great to get some video game streaming? And then you keep going and going and going until you get every video game everywhere instantly. I can't beat it. Right. That to me, every yeah. game everywhere instantly, that's it. Um, so what that does is that sets the future possibility. If you if you look, if your company looks like you're going there, you'll 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 look like you're uh you'll look like you're breaking new ground. And mm. people want to get involved with that because you're going to be inventing. There's going to be a lot of patents created and all kinds of I got 40 patents in game streaming. Um and it was madness because because you're pointing out into open water and 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 uh, and choosing a new path. So if you think about any business, uh, and one of the filters that's that, that really helps is when you think about um, how to make something easier. Um, that's usually one of the the you know save people time. This is something the game industry taught us. You can sell lots and lots of different things in a video game, but if some, th- th- what actually happens, the gamers really quickly work out which ones have the biggest impact on on time. And so if I say to you, you can walk or you can buy a horse, um, you can imagine they don't want to buy, make a, you know, change the color of a shield or buy something that doesn't matter, some trinket or something. They want a horse because now they don't have to walk anymore. I can get over there way faster. And then you go, hold on a minute. Would you like the flying horse? There's a flying horse. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You know, uh, the credit card comes out because they want the flying horse. They don't want to walk. Um, and they don't even want to ride if they can avoid it because flying is even faster. And that that affects everything. Like if you're buying a car, how many papers do you want to sign? Right. To get to get out of that place. How many, how many signatures do you want to give them? As few as many. Right. And 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 yet, and so when you put those glasses on, there's a million possibilities of business. I love that. I think that's a great paradigm to look at things through in terms of of business. So then how did how did that or how are you applying that in Caro and you know what is your vision for Caro knowing that at least you got a bar of 380 that you're looking to beat going bigger and better yeah. what uh what what is what is the lens in which you see Caro through Are you interested in boosting your income by an extra $50,000 this year? If so, you're going to love what I've got in store for you. I am beyond excited to officially announce an incredible opportunity to join me in my exclusive mastermind, which will include myself and 25 other hand-selected investors 
who are actively pursuing commercial real estate in 2024 and want to be held accountable to making sure they buy their first or their next commercial real estate investment property that will net them a minimum of $50,000 a year. This mastermind group will not only teach you how to do that, how to find, how to analyze, how to structure and buy these types of commercial real estate investment properties, but you'll also have an opportunity to be a part of an intimate group of high achievers that are going to take your network and your resources to a whole nother level. But here's the catch. Like I mentioned before, this is exclusive. We're only selecting 25 ambitious individuals for our founding members group who are serious and ready to take that next step in their commercial real estate investing journey. So if you are ready to increase your passive income by at least $50,000 in the next year with commercial real estate investing, then this is your moment. These spaces are gonna fill up fast and trust me, this is the one and only time to be a founding member, which comes with some pretty special benefits. So head over to myfirst50k.com and submit your application now. Again, that's myfirst50k.com. You can head over there, check out the program, see everything that it entails, submit your application to join, and I can't wait to connect with you soon. I think Caro, um it started as this idea of, of people um, connecting together and it, we call it collaborative commerce. Um, but the thought was if, if everyone can, can collaborate with, uh, with other people within a network and that network grows, the more people in the network, the actually the better the network becomes because you have more products to choose from. Um, and you can, you can grow your business instantly like the same day and we got it down to one click so to add a product into your store literally is a one click um you know there's the product i click on it and it appears in my inventory we really can't get it much much cleaner than it than, than, than that is and that means an influencer um uh can can actually just choose the products and, and build their own store effortlessly and they like shopping for their shops um but what they don't want to do is deal with fulfillments and all the rest of it so that's right of um by the suppliers so the so what's interesting is as as we've been building it then people started reaching out like univision the television network said can you um get us products to put on live television of course we can so now by just joining our network we can put you on television the today show from nbc universal did the same thing so we can put you on on television there um netflix uses our technology um for their store um Paris Hilton uses the technology on her store. There's a wonderful site, gear.com. If you go to gear, G-E-A-R.com, and click on brands, all brands, they've got over 6,000 products now um, from our network. And it's amazing to see that. There's another company, Blendjet, who makes a portable blender. Um, you know, they're an electronics company, so therefore they have to make another blender and convince you to throw the old one away. So Blendjet 2 is going to get replaced by Blendjet 3 at some point. But with us, they said, why don't we sell everything that goes in the blender? Um, and that means perishable goods, refrigerated goods, stuff that they didn't want to have to deal with. Yep. But by just partnering with people who have all that stuff, like Oatly, um, they do that on our platform. And then what happens, which we think is actually kind of funny, is they sell subscriptions to the things that go in their blenders and the way it actually works is each month the supplier ships the product but they still get the retailer cut of the subscription month after month after month forever without any they don't do anything anymore because you know back in the past they sold that right uh, 
that's pretty fun too. And so just watching the emerging behavior of a network as it grows is kind of fascinating. Um, but what we're starting to see now is big entities are coming in and saying, um, we just want access to all of your products. We just want them all. Like, can we ingest them all into our system? And you, yes, of course. Um, and and we have built APIs to allow them to do that. And that means now we have like credit card companies saying we'd like to to have access to more products for loyalty. Um, like you can, there's a credit card company um, that joined recently where they um, they reward you for staying fit. So what do you do with those points? Well, we have all the products you could possibly want um, to spend your points on. And so you can see how each business, as they come along, they look at what I see as a vision for the future is this is like the inventory layer of the internet we're building. And and it will allow anyone that needs access to inventory to build a business instantly with no risk. So an example is my co-founder loves pickleball, the biggest pickleball pickleball community is the kitchen um they have 350,000 members they wanted a marketplace so they just built the whole marketplace on our platform um because now they can have all the paddles all the nets everything and And they don't have to carry or fulfill any of the inventory yeah but they've got the attention that they're monetizing absolutely and so um the scale of this is absurd meaning and and so the potential value of our company i think is in the many billions of dollars and why is that well just let's just talk about influencers because that's where this all kind of started Mm -hmm. yeah right was okay well how's it going with influencers 99 percent of them still today think their followers are the most important number whereas all of the rich ones the ones that are worth a billion dollars plus are all collecting customers so followers are great they everyone agrees followers are great but customers are better mm-hmm. and i would say 99 haven't worked this out yet some of them have been sending their clicks to amazon for years yeah they right get, they get three to five percent uh, on a typical product and, and amazon affiliate fee all of the customers so they have no customers and they collect a small amount so in our platform because you're actually selling the thing because you found the customer like Paris Hilton found the customer sold the product she deserves to be the retailer so she keeps the customer and she gets the retailer cut and across our network the average is about 33 percent um so instead of three to five percent you're getting around 33 percent um and you're growing your customer base every single time you sell a product brilliant that's um when we start evangelizing this to influencers, like at scale, it's going to be it's going to be madness. Yeah, um, I mean, you guys you are go back. You're done. That, that, this that's a game changer. <clears throat> so, as a maybe t- from your perspective, what's the value of a business owner that wants to get on your platform, and what's the value to an influencer or somebody that wants to have an e-commerce store to get on your platform? Well, the, um, for a business owner, um, the idea of increasing your average order value is is fundamental to your existence. So um, why is that? Well, for somebody that visits your store, how much money do they spend on average? That determines how much you can market. So imagine on average you make $3. Can you buy customers for $3? Probably not, which means you're actually just going to die. So you have to find a way to make more money per customer that comes in. So so this is a great way to say, what is the maximum amount of money? You can use ChatGPT to help you with it. But what's the maximum amount of money I, I could make from a customer in this space that I'm operating and I need to get those products? 
and I need to, 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 you know, place those products nicely in there. But then the second part is, can I get my, the things I make into other people's traffic? And so we do both of that. So it's actually, there's two roles, there's a retailer and a supplier, and you can be both, right? You can, and, and different companies have different opinions on what they want to be, but sure. the, the smart play is to be both, um, you know, and, and you, to be clear, we don't force you to work with anyone. These are all people that you want to work with. So, um, but if you're both, you're going to get the maximum possible revenue. So where are you guys at now kind of in your grand vision in terms of where you expect it to end up and where you're at right now? What does it currently look like? What's the team, the company, the size, and and kind of what are you guys focused on next in order to bring that, you know, vision to life? Um. We got some big deals we're working on right now that are going to be um, um, pretty pretty surprising in scale. And one of the deals is to is to give another a social media platform once a million products. Um, and we had a kind of a, a bit of a head slapping epiphany. And this is what's fun about, by the way, when you're the tip of the spear and working on something new is... It's not clear what the path is because you're inventing it as you go, right? So mm -hmm. someone says, can you give us a million products? We're like, well, yeah, we can. Now, a typical Walmart store has about 120,000 products. Um, someone wants a million products. That's a pretty big ask. But we can do a million now and maybe a million a few months from now and another million a few months from now. So we could do three, four, five million products. And then we kind of went, well, hold on. If we were to put those in a store... Um, and plug the store into their platform, that would actually have a really interesting side effect because we own that store. Um, that store is like an entire mall. Um, like it's a complete mall at that point. And, and so that's just the side effect of, of helping somebody else get access to products in a really easy, fast way. Mm -hmm. um, and you can see how that makes you then go, what do you do with that? And, and and what is that? And also, if we can get a lot of brands to collaborate together, can we start to negotiate on behalf of all of them? Like, can I call Federal Express and say, on behalf of 100,000 brands, I'd like to reduce their shipping costs? That would be pretty interesting, um, you know, as a network effect. And so that's why being a network of brands matters so much. Um, so again, you know, who the heck am I to even be in e-commerce, right? I have. This is not a space I know anything about, but when you when you just say like I'm going to learn, I'm going to get great people working with us, and you sort of put it together, um, it, it's an incredible opportunity, and and so that's why I'm kind of excited about the position we're in. That's amazing. Well, I know a lot of people are going to want to check it out and and see how they can participate in whatever capacity they might be interested in. Where's the best place for them to learn more about being a retailer or a supplier? If they go to getcaro.com, so it's G-E-T-C-A-R-R-O.com, um, you can you can install um, our tech from there. If you email us at hello at getcaro.com, um, tell them about this podcast and they'll take really good care of you. So um, just make sure to do that. That would be that'd be good. We'll link all of that up in the show notes at millionofmindcast.com on David's episode. So be sure to check that out, guys. David, it has been a pleasure having you on. I am definitely going to be getting our team checking out uh, Get Caro and heading over there. And I know a lot of our listeners will as well. So thank you for your time today and coming on the show. 
Thanks so much. Well, that wraps up this week's episode. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that interview. And if you did, all I ask is that you take two minutes and leave a review in iTunes, where by doing so, you're also gonna get entered in to win a $100 gift card. Don't forget to share this episode out with somebody else that may need to hear it or may get some value from what was talked about in today's interview. And for those of you who are really looking to accelerate your wealth building journey, you want to unlock more financial freedom, you want to get more time back, or maybe you just want to level up your life, your business, your finances, be sure to head over to MillionaireMindcast.com and check out all the amazing products and resources that we have for our Millionaire Mindcast family, whether that's one-on-one coaching with me, mastermind events, downloads and checklists, the Rich Life Planner for those of you looking to take your goal setting and productivity to the next level. We've got all kinds of great, valuable tools, so be sure to check those out at MillionaireMindcast.com. And last but not least, if you're not on my weekly text letter and you want to be the first to know of exclusive updates and offers in addition to behind-the-scenes access to a lot of the stuff that I'm doing, that I'm investing in, be sure to join by texting the word NOTES to 844-447-1555. With that being said, thanks for listening today. Until next time, keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your march to a million and beyond. Cheers, my friends. Cheers.